And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The knockout round of the UEFA Champions League was drawn, and then it was drawn again. The error that led to an unprecedented do-over is complicated, but Oliver Kay is here to help us try and make sense of it. I'm Alex Adnos, and this is Soccer Every Day for Monday, December 13th. Oliver Kay, thank you so much for joining the show. It has been an interesting day so far in the Champions League. The draw for the round of 16 was today. A lot of anticipation to see those matchups, but things went a little bit differently than usual this time. Uh, So to start, you've covered, I think, probably several of these draw events before, both for the Champions League and other competitions. For those of our listeners that may be less familiar with for for what this process is like, can you describe what these events are? tend to be like how they generally tend to go yeah the, the, there are there are two different types of draw really where, where the champions league is concerned i'm not talking about the, the specifics and the dynamics of the draw that uh, talk about the the events themselves one of them the, the champions league draw at the start of each season is usually this sort of glitzy affair um with huge audience and and sort of all very glamorous and um kind of a, a lot of razzmatazz um, and then the in-season draws, you know, the the the, the smaller um, knockout draws um, yeah. tend to be very um, very sort of formal and stuffy, and in in some little committee room in in UEFA headquarters in Neil in Switzerland. And um, this was meant to be one of those, the the sort of um, the the sort of stuffy ones. And obviously, because of the COVID restriction, travel restrictions at the moment, there weren't really many people traveling either. So it was meant to be a sort of fairly low-key draw. And um, I think the overriding thing and reaction when people tune into these draws, and it says, you know, um, draw at 11 a.m. Greenwich Mean Time or midday Central European Time or whatever it is, you know. um, Normally the reaction is, oh, my God, get on with it, get on with it, get on with it, because you have this sort of big... um, spiel normally and there's so there's so much else that happens before the draw itself actually takes place but today um it seemed like they almost rushed into it too quickly yeah maybe uh maybe <laughs> who knows maybe that was part of uh the reasons for the problems we're about to start talking about the draw happens the first time uh by now of course everybody listening to this knows that they ended up having to do it twice um i could read off some of the matchups here that happened the first time but I should say maybe just from the start, what was your initial reaction at the matchups as they were happening? And did you realize that there was a problem as soon as that problem kind of took place, as soon as it, it happened? Yeah, I, I was I was immediately confused because um, Villarreal were drawn against Manchester United and, and they normally 
they normally do it so that any team that's played each been in the same group in in the um in the group stage um can't play each other obviously they couldn't play each other but normally they um normally what they would do is they wouldn't have Manchester United ready to be drawn out of that particular pot they right. they really put put the certain teams that they were eligible to play in in that pot and obviously Manchester United were drawn out so I thought well, that's a bit unusual um that caused an immediate problem and he and he said well you know that um but then um Atletico Madrid were uh, you know I think the the next runner up team that were that were drawn um and at that point um the guy on stage said that um one of the teams that they couldn't place couldn't face was Manchester United because Manchester United had already been drawn but Manchester yeah. United was still in the pot so Manchester United should have been in the group of potential opponents for um for Villarreal and I was thinking well that's really confusing I don't quite understand what's going on but sometimes there are factors I mean it is quite complicated sometimes not overly complicated but it's quite complicated with 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 teams not being able to face each other and sometimes that that sort of really narrows a certain team's options. And I thought, is there a certain rule which has meant that Atletico can't play Manchester United? Does it to do with TV markets and, you know, they can't reduce Atletico's options still further or something like that? But sure. I then looked on Twitter and everybody else was asking the same question more confidently than me. So, um, yeah, uh, even as the, draw, the rest of the draw was still taking place, I was sending messages to people at, at UEFA saying, hang on, is that, what, wasn't that something wrong there? Is, is, is there a problem? And um, um, one reaction, well, one person responded by saying, um, yes, uh, between you and me, that looks very, um, uh, that didn't look right. Um, we're getting to, you know, we're already asking questions ourselves. So um, from that point, I think we were wondering whether the rest of the draw would even, um, would even stand. Well, they did end up doing the rest of the draw. They uh, produced uh, a, you know, very appetizing set of matchups, just purely in football terms. Of course, yep. uh, we have uh, PSG versus Man United. There was a lot of uh, conspiracy theorizing on, on on Twitter about how they just they simply had to get Ronaldo and Messi together one last time. Uh, you know, <laughs> who knows who knows about that? But uh, turned out not to matter because uh, very. You guys weren't the only ones asking questions. Uh, it sounded like some teams lodged some mm-hmm. some complaints and, and some questions. What do you know about sort of the process of, of how all that came together? And, you know, how how did they come to the decision to redraw? And have you ever seen any seen anything like this before? Well, in terms of the last bit, there was there was a funny one um, a few years ago in in, uh, in England when the Carabao Cup draw was being made. I think it was the first round of the Carabao Cup. And um, one of the teams, Charlton Athletic, was drawn out twice. Um, and another team, Forest Green Rovers, wasn't drawn at all. Um, which that's a problem, was great confusion, <laughs> but you know, because it was the Carabao Cup, because it was the first round, there was no great um, <laughs> who are about it. It just it just stood the draw as, as it had been made, so um, everyone just sort of shrugged and got on with it. With this, um, because it's the Champions League draw, because there's so much money at stake, because it's sort of clubs who whose default mode in these situations is to fight their corner and flex the muscles um, and, and to claim that the, there's some kind of conspiracy against them. Um, it was, um, yeah, th- th- there was, 
it initially wasn't just the media, um, or immediately wasn't just the media that were asking questions. It was fans asking questions on social media, and it was the clubs themselves. And I heard that certain clubs were were dead against. You know, I heard that Real Madrid were dead against there being a redraw. They they had been drawn against um, Benfica initially, and that had been before the problems merged with the draw. I think they were probably quite happy with their draw. Um, and they were apparently saying, well, look, you know, we shouldn't have to, you know, you should do the draw again from the point at which the um, the problems emerge. Whether they would have been so um, insistent on that line if they'd drawn Paris Saint-Germain the first time, I don't know. Um, it, similarly, Seems unlikely. <laughs> yeah, very, very unlikely. Um, but Atletico Madrid, who had, who was obviously, their draw had been compromised because Manchester United had been re- removed from it. Um, they apparently were, were were very unhappy with the draw, uh, or not with the draw, but with the process, and, and they insisted that that um, um, that it was redrawn. I mean, I, I don't think I don't think you'd have got that situation ten years ago, where people were were unhappy at drawing um, Paris Saint Germain and and and, and, yeah. were, and, and were willing to be drawn against Manchester United or whatever, you know, it shows how things have have actually changed in that regard. But it's Manchester United, I was told, were um, confused by a bit, a bit, a bit concerned that things hadn't been followed, but, but they weren't, apparently they weren't sort of screaming about it and they weren't complaining about playing Paris Saint-Germain. They, they, they were accepting the, the draw as it, as it was, I'm told at least. Um yeah. And then it's just a case of uh, yeah, what they were going to do. Were they going to redraw part of it, redraw all of it, or, or stick with the or stick with the original draw? And and eventually they they it came back, or rather, fairly quickly they decided they would redraw the whole thing. And um, I think I, I don't think it made a massive difference in terms of the integrity of the competition, or it would have made a massive difference if they'd stuck with the original draw, but. I think, from in the interest of transparency and and everything, you know, integrity, it it was it was probably beneficial to to redraw it. But I can understand as well that that certain clubs are going to be unhappy with the fact that they ended up with a a harder draw second time than first time. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Absolutely. I'm, it's certainly an unusual situation, but at the end of it, we have the matchups that we have. Uh, and I'll just run through those very quickly. We have uh, Red Bull Salzburg versus Bayern Munich, Sporting versus Manchester City, Benfica versus Ajax, 
Chelsea vs. Lille, Atletico Madrid vs. Manchester United, Villarreal vs. Juventus, Inter Milan vs. Liverpool, and Paris Saint-Germain vs. Real Madrid. Ali, when you look at these matchups just from a purely footballing perspective, uh, which ties really stand out to you and do you think are going to be super exciting? There are a bunch of really appetizing ones in here, in here just as I as I look at them uh, yeah. to start. Yeah, I, I think PSG Real Madrid is, is the obvious one. Um, yeah. And I think it was, it was it would have been PSG Manchester United um, with the original draw. I think whoever, um, you know, because PSG had finished second in the group and they were going to get a group winner and they weren't going to get Lille because that's another team from France. So I think whoever PSG had got was going to be probably the tie of the round. Um, yeah. And I think Real Madrid is, it's just, there's so much intrigue with with, with that with that tie, really, with Mbappe, who's obviously um, desperately wanted by, by, by Real Madrid. He's in the final months of his contract with Kayla Navas, who's obviously gone the other way, with Di Maria, with with Sergio Ramos, especially, um, who, who's now in Paris. And, uh, you know, also with, with the sort of, the change in the in the corridors of power at UEFA and at the, the ECA, where Paris Saint Germain has suddenly become this sort of you know they've be, some, some, suddenly become a very powerful club. Real Madrid potentially a little bit less so since the the the, 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 the demise of the Super League project. And I think there's also, I think on the you know looking away from the names and the club names, it's just got to be a, a really fascinating game in terms of the styles, in terms of the. The individuals that are on display. I mean, we all know PSG have got these wonderful individuals, particularly Mbappe, Neymar, Messi. But in their, I mean, even even in the league, in the, 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 the you know even in league, they're they're miles ahead. But you ask anybody who watches them regularly, they will say, well, the performance level just isn't up there. It's like we, you know, we, we we've got. Um, a defence, we've got a midfield, and then we've got these three forwards who kind of do their own thing, and sometimes it looks beautiful and sometimes it doesn't. And that's sometimes been the case with great Real Madrid teams over the over the past, where where, where they've had, you know, it's been very individualistic, um, but they, but they've suddenly, but they've somehow found a way to to come good in the big matches on the European stage. And PSG have got so much Champions League winning experience you know players like Genia Wijnaldum as well that, that, that went there last summer um and it's just it's just a really fascinating tie because because Real Madrid are you know they're, they're well clear in Spain at the moment but I don't think anybody would, would regard this as, as, as the greatest Real Madrid team that there's been I don't think anybody would regard it as being equivalent to the Real Madrid teams that were dominating the Champions League a few a few years ago and um yeah the I'd be almost tempted to regard PSG as favourites there, but it's it's a case of whether PSG can perform as a team rather than as a um, rather than as individuals in that forward line. They, they do. I mean, the addition of Messi has obviously given them great quality that, on top of what they already had, but it does perhaps also accentuate some of their weaknesses in terms of what they're like without the ball and Pochettino, who's so rigorous in terms of how he wants wants his team to play, will will we'll be desperate to find a winning formula that, there, so that when it comes to that Real Madrid game in February March, that, that that they're ready to to do a job on Madrid. Two league leaders that are built and always expect to win the Champions League 
that are in maybe a little bit comfortable position in their leagues. It'll be interesting to see if they mm-hmm. can turn it on in the round of 16. Ali K, thank you so much for uh, joining and helping us uh, understand whatever the heck it is that happened today well, I, in the Champions I, League. I, I doubt I've helped anybody under, to understand. <laughs> I, don't, I don't quite understand it yet myself, but it's, uh, yeah, I, I mean, what, what one just thought that came to me when, when, we, when you were talking, you said about um, people with conspiracy theories. I think last you know, I think I think what what went on with the straw should probably um, reassure people that uh, if ever it came down to a conspiracy theory, these people couldn't be trusted to to be competent <laughs> enough to um, to carry out a conspiracy. So yeah, that's um, that's the one saving grace, I think. That's heartening. For sure. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for thank you so much for coming on the show, Ollie. Thank you. This show is produced by Mike Zimmerman with help from John Hayes. You can get ad-free versions of the show by subscribing to The Athletic, and you can get 33% off a year's subscription by going to theathletic.com slash soccer every day. Thanks for listening, and happy soccer to you all. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.